Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest for Thursday, December 11, 2008. In today's front page headlines, Massacre in Congo Despite Nearby Aid. An advocate for borrowers draws criticism, and the Illinois governor faces pressure to leave office. In today's business headlines, the Dow was up 70 points yesterday, the Nasdaq was up 18. Finding a following and a living on YouTube. Auto Rescue passes the House but faces a battle in the Senate. And GMAC says it lacks the capital to become a bank. There are more business stories ahead as well as more national and international news. Latest roundup from the sports page and the opinions of New York Times columnist Nicholas Kristof. We begin with the stories on today's front page as selected by the editors of the New York Times. Here's today's top story. Massacre in Congo, despite nearby aid. Reported by Lydia Polgreen from Kiwanja, Congo. At last, the bullet stopped, and Francois Cambir Seviri made a dash for the door. After hiding all night from the fighting between rebels and a government-allied militia, he was desperate to get to the latrine a few feet away. Pow, 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 said his elderly widowed mother, Ludia Kavira Nzuva, recounting how the rebels killed her 25-year-old son just outside her front door. She said one of them turned to her and declared, Voila, here is your gift. In little more than 24 hours, at least 150 people would be dead, most of them young men, summarily executed by the rebels last month as they tightened their grip over parts of eastern Congo, according to witnesses and human rights investigators. As the killings took place, a contingent of about a hundred UN peacekeepers was less than a mile away, struggling to understand what was happening outside the gates of its base. The peacekeepers were short of equipment and men, UN officials said, and they were focusing on evacuating aid workers and searching for a foreign journalist who had been kidnapped. They had no intelligence capabilities or even an interpreter. The peacekeepers said they had no idea the killings were taking place until it was all over. The executions in Kiwanja are a study in the unfettered cruelty meted out by the groups fighting in eastern Congo. They're also a textbook example of the continuing failure of the International Peacekeeping Force, which has a mandate to protect the Congolese people from brutality. In this instance, the failure came from a mix of poor communication and staffing, inadequate equipment, intelligence breakdowns, and spectacularly bad luck, said Lieutenant Colonel H.S. Brar, the commander of the Indian peacekeepers based in Kiwanja. The killings and the stumbling response to the rebel advance were symptomatic of problems that have plagued the U.N. force in Congo for years, said Aniki Van Woodenberg, a senior researcher for Human Rights Watch who investigated the slayings earlier this month. The rebel onslaught was led by a commander who was wanted on war crimes charges by the International Criminal Court. Kiwanja was a disaster for everyone, Van Woodenberg said. The people were betrayed not just by rebels who committed terrible war crimes against them, but by the international community that failed to protect them. In the past year alone, hundreds of thousands of people have been forced to flee their homes as the rebels have fought the government and its allied militias. The rebel general, Laurent Nkunda, denied that his troops had executed civilians here, accusing government allied militias of trying to make his movement look bad. We cannot kill the population, he said. It is not in our behavior to kill and rape. But interviews with victims, aid workers, and human rights investigators showed that Nkunda's men carried out a door-to-door -door operation over two days in which young men and others were executed. 
Witnesses said the rebels ordered that the bodies be buried quickly and far from the cemetery to avoid leaving evidence for war crimes investigators.